Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey, hey, Rush Nation. It's Murph here. Good to see you all. Happy Tuesday. With me starting the show, that means there's no stocks. Um, so apologies for that. But Stocks, unfortunately, has a family emergency that he's having to deal with. Hopefully, everything is okay with him. Uh, word, initial word is it's not too bad. But rather than listen to me again for an hour, which is just too long for anybody to listen to me on my own, as usual, bring in a guest. I've got a very good friend of mine who has bailed me out last minute because it was literally, I think, like an hour and 45 minutes notice. So uh, he's been on before. He... Uh, might seem to be a controversial figure on Twitter and in the fantasy community, but I happen to love him to pits and he's one of the most loyal and honest people that I know and generally someone I call a friend in this industry. So welcome back to Five Year Rush, Andy Singleton, co-owner of Expand the Box Score. How you doing, fella? I am well, sir. It's a pleasure to be joining you. I hope I can, you know, fill in the shoes admirably. I have Sean of the Dead, so a little Simon Pegg on in the background of the telly trying to get me uh, on, on your time zone and, and up to speed. So I'm ready to go. I love that. That's the best prep I've ever had for anyone to come on the show. Yeah, I've got Sean in the background. Yeah, <laughs> I, that, yeah that pretty much is my sense of humor down to a T. So we're gonna, it's going to be good. So, yeah, I mean, I guess to start the show, we're going to change it a little bit from what we normally do. We'd normally run through some news. 
I'll post that on Twitter if you haven't already followed, but we're 24 hour news. There's no need to really go into too many discussion points. So um, let's start off by finding out a little bit about Andy. I mean, for those of you that have tuned in who haven't heard Andy before on the show, first of all, go back and listen because the content he gives you and some tips and tricks is, is phenomenal. But tell us what's been going on. Uh, one, we've expanded the box score, but then just in general with, with you, I know you've had a busy, uh, a busy year. And for those of you that, that haven't heard of Andy before, you're also part of uh, New York's finest as well. So tell us a little bit about how it's been going there during this crazy, crazy 2020. Yeah, well, uh, bravest, uh, finest is PD, which is fine. Uh, but uh, FDNY is uh, bravest. Ah, apologies. And, uh, <laughs> oh, no, all good, all good. And uh, yeah, I am a 19-year active and still going firefighter in uh, Brooklyn, New York. And uh, we were hit hard uh, initially with this whole COVID pandemic and um it's definitely changed the landscape for how i feel about sports i got very back involved in the nba um you you know if you know me somewhat well at all you'll know i played college basketball and growing up in brooklyn like basketball was my sport uh but i really kind of got out of the nba over the last you know several years especially as i got more and more involved uh with the nfl and doing this fantasy stuff um but once we came back out and that was like the first live sports that just, you know, it consumed everything I was doing. With I loved the way they had the bubble set up. So that helped get back into it. And then I was, like, all set. Like, all right, we got college football back. We got the NFL coming back. And then there was no preseason. And all of a sudden, it's like, wait, there's actually football happening. It was already, like, week three. And then now here we are, here enough for week 11. And I still kind of feel like I'm waiting for the other, you know, foot to catch up to the first one. So it's just been hard for me personally to, to get back into it. I, I, I kind of, you know, dip my toe in and out of the Twitter water this season just because I see so many people are just so adamant and passionate still, which I love, but I just haven't been able to, to get that. I'll go in spurts, but, you know, consistently Monday to Friday, it's been hard. Or Monday to Sunday, I should say, it's been hard. But, um, yeah, uh, as you say, you guys are on lockdown, gearing up for another wave here uh, in New York City. Uh, it's just been just a trying year, but also it's been the longest year that mm-hmm. I can recall ever in my life. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, the last time I, I chatted with you, we were talking about the Yankees playing the Red Sox in, uh, in, in London. London. And you were telling me about the turf and everything like that. This is the first year in several now you guys haven't had NFL games. So yeah, that, have that's you felt the impact? Massively. Um, so it's, it's been strange here because so in March, everything stopped. Everything stopped. It wasn't just like because that's still the end of our it's near the end of the last two months of our soccer season that completely stopped. Uh, rugby stopped. Uh, start of the cricket season didn't happen. So it was very strange to have no sport at all. Like it, it got to the point that when Germany brought their league back in May, we were all glued. Like it was like, oh my god, there's sport on TV. And I was similar to you. I I checked out of, but slightly different. I I still watch the NBA. I kind of watch it with a distance. I don't get too involved with it, but I've always got a thing for the Magic. I've seen them a bunch of times, and you know, I I kind of follow them from afar. Not not a dedicated fan. Don't watch every game, but I tuned into some of that. But ice hockey got me. Again, similar reason. The way that they did yeah. the bubble, and I love the Lightning. Had the opportunity to see them win the Stanley Cup in 04, oh, yeah, 04, um, before the holdout in 05. Um, so I, yeah, and I really got back into the hockey, staying up late and watching 
watching them win the Stanley Cup. Well, just because it was the lightning, but just again, it was sport. It was right. the way they did it. No positive tests at all coming out of it. It was it was just great to see that sort of setup. And yeah, it, it's been tough. And then we had the end of the season football soccer season resume. It, then it, we kind of had nothing, and then we had everything. And it's right. similar to you, we kind of missed it. Like we had the end of the soccer season. Um, my team played in the cup final on August 1st, and then they kicked off the season. The first team to kick off the season, September 12th. We used to like quite a long preseason. We were supposed to host a major European soccer tournament here, which we're doing next year. Right. So everything kind of is up in the air. And then with NFL fans, massively disappointing. And we were supposed to have the White Sox and the, I think it might have been the Cardinals here this year in, in baseball. Okay. Uh, because to build on from that Boston and and yeah, and uh, New York Yankees success from the year before, they brought them over. They were going to bring them over for a two-game series. And they want to try and do with MLB what they've done with with American football. Um, and it's right. not, obviously, this is going to massively halt that. And then, yeah, then obviously not having the games here. We were just starting to find out about who the teams were going to be. Everyone's excited. And four games. Um, I've heard some talk, and I don't want to confirm this to be true, but there is a lot of talk that um, we might not games, get games in 2021 either. For the NFL, wow. Yeah. there's. I mean, I don't want to sit here and like confirm that I know and I'm in the know and, and anything like that. But I've had a couple of conversations with people and, and it's, it's something that's being discussed and potentially decide because they need to start planning that before the Super Bowl. So before the Super Bowl, they need to kind of know who the teams are going to be over here and then factor that into the scheduling. By the Super Bowl, we're not going to be ready. Like, we're just not. You can't say, even with our vaccines and everything, that that's going to happen. So, well, I talking, hope that- talking about trying trying to get back into things and, and real quick I, I definitely got into the nhl as well uh but before all of that I, I failed to mention that the basketball league was really what got things going that that to me was amazing uh because i just love that league to begin with because it's like a flashback of of you know march madness and all these ncaa tournaments of years past so i i love watching that anyway but that was the first real organized sports we had back uh, before the NHL and the NBA and MLB came back. Um, but, you know, this is usually around the time of year I, I get everything going for, for the Senior Bowl. And this year, you know, we have a scouting department with the Expand the Box score. So, you know, putting things together for this whole draft guide and, and coordinating with, you know, our scouting team going down there and everything like that. I'm happy to see that it's still going on and it's happening. Who knows where we'll be in January for, you know, just starting November now, things are changing. But, um, Somebody asked me the other day, they said, uh, are you worried that the game might ultimately get canceled with all these players opting out now? And my honest response was, I really have not been paying attention at all. Like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so it's been hard to, to stay as involved as, you know, typically a guy like myself is. Um, so, you know, like I said, I'm hoping to just uh, give, give your audience some entertainment while we fly <laughs> through these, uh, this, this show rundown. Well, not just on top of that. I think, you know, another reason is, you, you know, you are very highly successful You here. You know, you have been in the top 20 of the Fantasy Pro rankings for a number of years. You've played in a lot of high stakes leagues. You've won money. You've, get, you know, played in big tournaments. You, you, you know, yeah, okay. You know, as you said, you're probably not as where you would normally be. But one, I still reckon you're probably at a pretty good level. And two you still have those tips, tricks and strategy points that I think our listeners will benefit from 
especially as we're talking about week 11. Some people's leagues end week 12, some week 13, some even week 14 for the regular season. So based on your experience in the history of this, you're thinking your week 11, you've got, you know, five, six wins under your belt. So you're in contention. You're not quite there. You haven't cemented your place. You either need to win out or you need to win two or three to get in. What would you be advising the listeners of this show, what they need to do from a strategy point of view to help them get in to, to well, get that? And obviously it's tough because you don't know their rosters, but some things that you would be doing if you've got a five and five, six and four roster, you'd be looking to do to try and get in. I mean, outside of going to church and saying a couple of prayers, uh, <laughs> trying to get my, you know, week 11 opponent's home address and see if I can hack his computer to change his lineup. No, I, I'm obviously kidding. Uh, you know, it, it, league to league, it depends. I mean, it depends on what type of league. Uh, you know, keepers, dynasty, redraft, everything varies. Um, you know, trade deadlines. If if those have passed, uh, if they if they're still going, like what what's available? But really, try to you know target some of the. I, I mean, and I, I don't at, at this stage of the game, I think there's so much information out there and knowledge, and it's just restating the obvious with some things, but. You know, target the teams that are easily out of playoff contention at this point. You know, it, it's not necessarily collusion, but, um, you know, again, depending on your lead type, you know, make it make it deal that, listen, even if, even if you think it's not uh, on paper uh, a win or an even-even, if you think, you know, check out the matchups remaining. Uh, see, really get ahead of your remaining schedule and see what the matchups remaining on who benefits from those and, and try to take advantage of that. You know, it might seem like player value uh, name for name. And I'm just throwing things out here right now, but mm-hmm. um, you know, if you got like, you know, Deandre Hopkins versus Stefan Diggs, for instance, the, and again, I'm just throwing this out there because I haven't even looked yeah. at the matchups yet, but you know, Diggs might have a better matchup on paper the next three weeks, whereas Hopkins doesn't and you mm-hmm. have Hopkins offer him for Diggs. And, on, you know, it seems like an even trade, but it's it's strategically helping you uh, benefit more for, for your vantage point for the remainder of the season. But, um, yeah, I, I listen, I, I I really think fantasy football comes down to so much luck. Um, you know, we've talked about this with baseball before where, you know, a player can – his team can be down 10 runs in the bottom of the ninth, and he's 0 for 3 that day. But his fourth at bat, it's a meaningless home run, and it still saves your fantasy team. You got a, a a football team that's trailing by, you know, 20 points in the, in the third going into the fourth quarter, and your running back might not get another carry for the rest of the game. Like, you just can't dictate that. You know, we were talking, you know, before we went on about the Jaguars and the Packers, and a stat that came out before the game was the Packers uh, are averaging, like, the most points per offense, like 25 points per game, and the Jaguars were allowing 25 points per game, and I think the over-under – on team points was uh, 30 for the Packers. And you just look like this looked like it was a slaughter on paper. And then sure enough, it, it was a dogfight and a very low scoring affair by what it should have been. So you just, you know, it's so unpredictable. Uh, one thing I will say I, that's really kind of intrigued me about this season. This is the first one in a long time that I can vividly say the quarterback position has become important again. Uh, mm. There seems to be a lot of deviance and, and separation uh, in, in terms of tiers of quarterbacks where it used to be like, you know, one through three, there was, you know, that tier. And then four through 20, there wasn't much of a separator. 
there's a huge difference now between like QB 16 and, and QB eight, for instance. So um, this is the first time in a long time, like I said, the quarterback position has become very valuable and important. It is. And what's interesting is that if you, if you punted at the top end of the order, if you got Mahomes, you're not going to get your value on where you drafted him, but he's been relatively safe. Same with Kyler Murray. I mean, he's the QB one right now. If you were patient and waited on someone like uh, Josh Allen, you know, you've, you've done well because you'd have got maximum value at the top and, and near the bottom. But if you paid up for someone like Lamar Jackson right now, you, I mean, you're sick. I, I'd love to see someone in a one QB league take Lamar Jackson in the second round, show me their roster and tell me that they're still going to make the playoffs. Because I reckon right. the only way they've done that is if they if they ran the table on the waiver wire, picked up Robinson, picked up Mike Davis, picked up all these guys that have been big players off the fantasy waiver wire early in the season that are still contributing points. Because there's no way you drafted Lamar in the second round. And he's sitting at QB9. I mean, he was QB13 last week. He's had a minor increase, but that gap there is tiny. I think it's like four points between those four players. Like, I just think it's it's important, but at the same point, we as fantasy analysts don't know anything about who's going to be QB1 every year because the guy who was QB1 by, I think, how many points was he ahead, Lamar, last year? 70, 80 points? It, it, it was, was a lot. Yeah, it, it, it might have even been 100. It was, because, it was yeah, I mean, he was a significant gap. He's 80 points behind Kyler Murray right now. Well, but that, and, and that's just it. I mean, even, even with that... You know, you see Kyler Murray, 600 yards rushing so far. And even guys like Daniel Jones, uh, you know, leading the Giants in rushing. And not by fluke, like this illegitimate runner. You know, you, you look at Josh Allen in kind of the same way. Cam Newton with, what is it, like eight rushing touchdowns or something? Um, you, you know, the, the, the kind of the way the position uh, is, is changing a little as well. So, um, you know, it, it's been very – Interesting because like I played Mahomes uh, in three separate leagues the week he went off against my Jets, and not only did my Jets you know get embarrassed and crushed, but I faced Mahomes in three leagues, and that was the difference maker. You know I was even across the board if not winning, except for Mahomes who just basically doubled any quarterback I had uh, with his performance that week. So you know <laughs> week to week. It's tough to tell who's 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 going to be the stud, but a season-long accumulation of points, mm-hmm. there was not really much of a separator. Now there seems to be more of, yeah. of gaps forming. There, there definitely is. I think the positions become more more important, and especially two B two QB leagues have grown drastically in the last mm-hmm. three years. That it's now a position of of relevance again, and. I don't think we're back to the stage where you should be drafting them in the second and third round, but I definitely think, you know, if you were hunting in that sort of fifth round to eighth round range and took a Kyler or Josh Allen, even a Russell Wilson, you know, they were all in that five to seven, five to eight range at the start of the season. You know, those are the guys that have hit Kyler Murray. Number one, he's 23 points clear. Russell, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, he's fourth, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I think would have been start the ninth, you know, he's done well. Deshaun Watson's seventh and he's pretty safe. Like, you know, all those sort of guys are in, in that group. Um, I mean, if you look at the, the top 12, it's as you say, once you get past Justin Herbert in eighth, and Justin Herbert hasn't even played a full season. You know, the guy didn't start the first couple of games. 
I mean, he probably would be on pace to be up there with the other guys, probably a bit short, but he'd probably be up there for near Russell Wilson pace, I would say. You know, he's he's in terms of the games that he's played. But I think from there is a separator. But I think we as fantasy analysts, we see something one year like Lamar Jackson and think, well, he's likely to repeat or be top two again. And he's sitting in in ninth because he's not rushing as much. Um, I mean, he's still got 524 yards. It's not bad, but you don't see him breaking that thousand yard barrier again. And, you know, completion percentage is, is down. TDs are down at a huge rate to where it was last season, which everyone kind of predicted, but they thought with the floor would be the rushing. And yeah, I think it's, it's relevant. And, you know, the, the one position that gets me every time is, is wide receiver because, you know, everyone says, Oh, you've got to go out and get one of the top wide receivers. And once again, this year's proved that it doesn't matter if you get, the first wide receiver off the board or the 20th wide receiver off the board doesn't really make a lot of difference. (laughs) You know, um, there isn't really, the only one I would say is Devontae Adams. And the only reason he's not number one overall is he's not been fit and he's not played, but on a points per game average, he's the only one that has provided any separation from, from everybody else. Cause you're saying, you know, Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf, Stefan Diggs, Tyler Lockett, Adam Phelan. Those are all guys. Yeah. And if you, if you look at the, right. If you look at the top, 10 wide receivers, Hopkins wasn't even going as a first rounder in a, in a lot of spots this year. So none of them, none of them in the top 10. No, only Adams was a first rounder and, you know, he's third, but he's missed games, but, and he might be the one, but, you know, you can say Thomas, okay, give him a mulligan. He's, he was injured. Fine. You know, you can say that, but, you know, Julio Jones, he's nowhere near it. You know, and even the second round running back, uh, wide receivers haven't really. I mean, you getting Devontae Hopkins in, or Devontae Hopkins in the third round in some cases. Right. You were right. getting DK Metcalf in the fifth round. You were getting Stefan Diggs, sixth, fifth, sixth round, maybe. Uh, people just didn't like the fact he was with Josh Allen. Um, Adam Phelan, third round. Uh, Calvin Ridley, fifth round. Um, and he's had some injuries. He would, otherwise, I think he'd be up there. Chase Capel was practically free, and he's a top 10. You know, all these guys are just, you know, it's just at this point now where people invested too much in wide receivers and people are saying, well, okay, I took a running back in the first round and I busted. And I'm like, yeah, injuries happen. I get that. Right. But if you took Kamara or Cook or, you know, you, you're probably doing quite well in your league. It's just, a, it's a bit of a hit and miss. But if you if you hit the guy in the first round, you're going to be away. And, you know, what everyone had last season with CMC being 3-4, if you took Kamara three four, you know you're probably pretty 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 set right now. But yeah, I think that I think there's a lot of things you can do for your for your fantasy leagues for a, uh, a perspective of trying to get in. I like blocking players at this stage, um, so I like looking at what other teams have and if they have a player a quarterback need on buy. I'm going out and I'm picking up quarterbacks if I've got space, and I always tend to have a couple of spaces on my roster just to do this sort of thing. If they're struggling at DST, I'm blocking at DST. If I, if they need a wide receiver, I'm blocking a wide receiver. Just still hoarding players week to week and just streaming that position. That tends to work and play the matchup. And the other is to look at your matchups, like as you said, three weeks in advance. Look at who's got the better schedule, you know, and look at three-week streaming options. So right now, for me, the Browns are a lock at a streaming defense for the next two to three weeks. So then you don't have to worry about that position. You can use your waiver priorities to get other positions. I think they're the, the big the big things is to block people, get handcuffs now. This is the time to go and buy your handcuffs. There's still too many leagues where Madison, Pollard uh, are completely free out there. 
Um, I would have said Bernard, but he's been picked up, I think, in most places now, given Mixon's injury. But if there's a top priority handcuff out there, you know, you need to be going and owning them because this is the time where a Dalvin Cook will get injured, uh, a Zeke will get injured because this is this is what happens. This is the grueling part. We saw it in games this weekend. Teams are getting tired. Teams are getting tired. They're playing for everything, uh, trying to fight that extra yard. And this is where those injuries happen. And we've seemed to have trended a little bit where injuries have been not as bad as they were at the start of the season. But, you know, it's this period now where people start to get hurt. We see it every year. and You get your CJ Andersons that come through and win a league for you. (laughs) So make sure you're the one that's in the position to get the next CJ Anderson, the next, you know, Derek Henry before he was a real big thing. Um, and make sure you've got those players on your roster. So talk about, I mean, you talked about expanding the box score a little bit before we get into um, some week 11 stuff quickly. Talk to us about what you're doing with expand the box. Or, you know, I'm a customer. I love, I love the service. I use it all the time to get data and it's brilliant for, for college and, and for, for football. I think you do baseball as well, don't you? No, we, we did. We were getting into it. We were getting it to cover all sports. So basically, how this started was, uh, you know, as I mentioned, the senior bowl before, uh, I've been covering the draft, uh, the NFL draft for the last six years or so. And uh, it just doing evaluations, I was always looking for advanced stats um, for, for college players, most specifically targets for receivers. And it was just something that you could find, but not easily, uh, not affordably. Uh, not sourced, not all in one spot for you. Uh, so I got together with a, a friend from the industry, in the from within the industry, who was good at doing all these, you know, data spreadsheets and and uses Tableau and uh, was making leaderboards for uh, Justin Mason's uh, Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, and he was doing leaderboards for uh, for myself for uh, Draft with Giants uh, Fantasy Football League I run, and I basically pointed him to you know data i was looking at and he captured it all and from just looking for targets we were able to uh basically give every touch of every player uh for every game so we could tell you uh you know where on the field these touches were coming from so you know was it between the 20s was it you know the red zone uh what time of game was it uh everything like that the the one thing we lack is we don't have live eyes watching the game so we can't tell you like you know, what formation, uh, the, you know, the team was in, uh, we can't tell you how many broken tackles, uh, you know, a dot, you know, things like that. Uh, but we can give you every other metric, uh, based on, you know, the X's and O's and, and just the, the raw data of what happened in that touch. Uh, it's sortable for, you know, we have leaderboards that you can customize any search you want. Uh, you can search by class, you can search by conference, you could uh, search by position. You could search by height if you want. If you only wanted to see receivers five to ten and under, for instance, you could search that way. Uh, so it's really a, a lot that we offer, and um, we're still evolving. So we're still adding more to it. As I mentioned, we uh, added a scouting department uh, this this year. So we have uh, over a dozen uh, aspiring NFL scouts that have been putting out daily scouting reports for NFL draft eligible players. Uh, we have over 200 reports up already on the site. Uh, we're doing a, a draft guide that's going to come out a week after the combine. It's going to feature over 350 players, uh, full, you know, full NFL grade scouting reports. These are guys that are trying to get picked up by teams. So this is not a, a gimmick. This is not a goof. This is, you know, legit work going into this. Uh, you know, we have our content team that's pumping out fantasy related articles. 
Uh, the tools we have can be used for gambling as well to see like team trends and uh, basically a, a, a lot of value in, in what we are providing. And like I said, still evolving. Uh, so the price is uh, $20 per sport for a full year or 35 for both college football and the NFL. We were going to get into other sports like baseball and, and basketball and then realize, you know what, let's just, instead of, you know, doing multiple things at half capacity, let's master one thing first. Let's, let's, you know, walk before we try to run. And we just concentrated on football solely, which is really what it was born from anyway. Uh, so that's all we're featuring right now. It's just uh, the NFL and college football and college, our college football stats is really, you know, really where, where you're getting your full value. Uh, because like I said, it's just stuff there at an affordable rate that, you know, you're seeing the game from a different aspect, from a different angle. The craziest part is we can't play college DFS in New York State. So, you know, to me, I've kind of like not been as involved in that. But I've had so many guys privately message or email the site saying how useful it was, it's was. it been for them uh, in playing college DFS. And, you know, they, they try to keep it. You know, I'm asking for testimonials, like spread the word. And they're like, no, I, I'm trying to keep this a secret. Because it's, <laughs> it's that valuable of a tool. So, um, you know, actual growth of the site has been a little harder because of that. Uh, but it's also kind of a you know blessing at the same time to have a product that, you know, people actually are saying is is doing what it's intended to do. So, uh, like I said, I'm a customer. I recommended uh, a number of people to buy air in the UK um it was a, a another podcast full 10 yards um tim monk is the host we're good friends there's no you know competition as such we're we're good friends we help each other and support each other and you said i need a state i need a database resource i said expand the box score is the best it's not even yeah i mean like it's like well, 20 pounds it's like 25 30 pounds for for both and it's 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 marvelous and i i he said i use it every week i use it to pull a lot of the stats that i use for the shows and the articles i write and i have other resources as well but that's the one i always have bookmarked and open and and cross-reference well, so and i and i mean I that i can sing it on record so you can cut this out mm. <laughs> and mm. use that as a video testimony i'll give you one if you if you need one i'll do a video sure. testimony. no you hit me up you know i'm here so i i, I say i love the tool and um it yeah like i said it's it's great it's easy to use and filterable which is the best bit is i like the fact that you can filter it because some of them are a bit cumbersome when you have to click in it doesn't really load that well so i definitely recommend anybody listening to this if you especially if you are we got an, an aspiring group of people here that are into the NFL draft and want to get that edge, not just from a um, scouting and from a, um, a draft perspective, but also from a, a fantasy football perspective. You know, if you want to get that edge on the, on the rookies um, and use that data, that's where it's really invaluable for your rookie drafts in, in April, you know, this is the time to be investing in a tool like that. You can, because this is when the season's winding down the big players show up about now. Yes, okay, a few have opted out, um, which is a shame, but you'll still have historical data on there and can still look at it. But, you know, don't be the person looking at a draft in, in at the end of April or saying, um, oh, right, Kyle, uh, Kyle Pitts is a tight end out of Florida. He's gone in the first round. He must be quite good. Well, I should target him. Well, why do you want to target yeah. him? What, what, what is it about Kyle Pitts? Is he going to actually fit well into the roster that he's going on to what's going to make him stand out is he going to build that connection because you can have first t- first round talent 
busts. It happens every year. Um, yep. I happen to bet right now, if, if anyone asks me, that Kyle Trask is going to be a massive first-round bust this year. And I like, listen, I'm a Florida guy. I love Florida. Um, but okay. I just do not think Kyle Trask is going to be a success in the NFL. Okay. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Uh, he's, he's, he's surprised everywhere he's been, though. I, 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 I can see that. There's, there's, there's likable traits, and then there's also oh, I love things him. that don't jump off the page either. I, I just think he's too slow to pick everything up. I think yes. it's, it's taken him too long to get to the level of where he is now. And I, you're not going to get that. T- well, look at Dwayne Haskins. You're not going to have 30 games in the NFL to figure it out. you got to figure it out in 10. Right. And that's your window. And if you're not going to figure it out in 10, look at Josh Rosen. Right. They'll cut you. They'll go find someone else because that right. is the, the measure of success now. And I just don't think – I think if you gave Kyle Trask 30 games, I think he'd do it. I think he'd figure it out, and I think he'd be a good player. I don't think he'd be a top 10 quarterback, but I think he'd be he'd be starter level inside if he got 30 games. But I just don't think he is, and that's nothing against him. He's a great player. Uh, he's and he's having a terrific season. People talking Heisman. He's not going to win it, but man, if he made the shortlist, that's a heck of a thing for him to to even be in that conversation. Because none of us who support Florida thought that that was going to happen. So yeah, I, that, and that's why the tool's great because you can start to look at the measures. You can look at what they're doing, and what he's doing is is unbelievable. But you can compare it to what he's been doing in previous years and think what what has elevated the play. You're not going to get the answer necessarily, but you can look at the trends and see why I've got doubts and why I don't think he's going to do it. But got it. definitely subscribe. Um, all you. right. <laughs> Let's look at just very quickly some uh, takeaways from, from this week. And I sort of jotted a couple down. I'm just going to go through these really quickly because I want to go into uh, the awards uh, section that we're going to do. Um, so these are what I jotted down for week 11, just some takeaways or week 10 for you to consider going forward. Josh Kelly, pretty much, I wouldn't say he's droppable, but I'm not starting him in any leagues now. Um, he is well and truly, that job is, the fact that he's losing your job to Kalen Balaj, that says to me, it's not a player I really want to be investing in too much going forward. Maybe, you know, if I'm in a dynasty league, I'm just, you know, stashing him on a taxi squad or just burying him on my roster somewhere. But I won't be starting Joshua Kelly at any point now until the end of the season. It's just not enough for him. Uh, to be developing into a role there. But maybe next season, when it clears out a little bit, we can see. Salwan Ahmed, he seems to be the handcuff. Uh, he's sort of got that role, 23 touches on Sunday. Um, so Jordan Howard's just been cut. Matt Breeder is always questionable and unfit. Um, so Salwan Ahmed, as I said on Monday's show, is the guy you want to be owning. And I think he's available in 99.6% of the league. So go out there and pick him up. And he's worth a few fat bucks this week. Don't trust any of the wide receivers for the 49ers going forward. Marlon is just a bit of a, a crapshoot. He doesn't really have a plan when he's going in there and deciding who he's passing to. There's not a lot of pre-designed plays going into there either. You know, Jordan Reed came out with the most targets and uh, appreciates a tough game against the Saints, but there isn't any consistency with these guys. So one week it could be Richie James. The next it could be, you know, Debo Samuel if he's fit. The next it might be Brandon Ayuk, but only one of those guys every week is going to be fantasy relevant. So, you know, I would narrow them all down and rank them all down a little bit on your rankings. And if you're in a start-sit decision and I had the choice between one of a 49er uh, wide receiver or say Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry is probably winning that for me, even though, 
you know, I don't rate Baker Mayfield as a fantasy quarterback that I want to be attached to too many weapons, but I think you know what you're getting, whereas you don't know you're getting that with the 49ers. Josh Reynolds is probably the best kept secret in fantasy football right now. You know, uh, three of the last four games, he's had 12 plus PPR points. He is someone whose role is just continuing to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Van Jefferson was the guy on Hard Knocks everyone was talking about. Most people listening to this probably don't even know who Josh Reynolds is. He's a wide receiver for the 49, uh, for the for the LA Rams. Um, so definitely be picking him up. He's available in 98% of leagues. And then the last is JD McKissick is going to be a top 15 running back for the remainder of the season uh, in PPR formats. And you can book that now when you look at, when you look at the charts there for Alex Smith, you know, he had 55 passes on Sunday, 41 of them went for nine yards or less. And it's just, if you've got Logan Thomas and if you've got JD McKissick, those guys are going to eat in this offense, especially if Alex Smith isn't throwing the ball further than the nine yards. And he threw uh, nine behind the, uh, the line of scrimmage. So it's great news if you own JD McKissick, because he's going to be a top 15 back in PPR going forward. Uh, thoughts on any of that, Andy? I think I'm most intrigued by the Salvin Sal Ahmed thing. Uh, I was a big Miles Gaskin fan, and uh, I I could not believe that he didn't get a single opportunity last year. But mm. in hindsight, I'm kind of glad he didn't because it was just that much more of a surprise this year. Like when he started to get carries, there were so many people that didn't realize how good Miles Gaskin is and can be. Um, I'm more surprised by Salvin Ahmed uh, just being as good. Uh, and, you know, um, you mentioned the handcuff. I don't even know if it's a guarantee that Gaskins walks back in as, as the clear guy. Is it going to be like a 60-40 split? I, I think it's a surprise that they let Howard go. I think it's a bigger surprise that Brita wasn't, you know, was handed an opportunity to really take on and thrive in this role and just didn't do enough to, to separate or distinguish mm-hmm. himself uh, with the coaches. So um, I, I think the, the Ahmed thing is really intriguing in terms of what happens when Gaston comes back and is this like a 60-40 split or is he truly just a handcuff like, hey, if Miles goes down again, we know you can fill in and we're going to ride him as a as, as the workhorse he's been. But um, I, I'm curious to see where that goes. I am as well, which is why I think he's worth an, an ad because if nothing else, you're going to get two weeks of production out of him and he might be the guy that gets you into your playoffs. Now, I think he's maybe, I'll be too upside at best, but given how bad that position is at times with all the injuries and the guys getting in, the running back by committees that are going around the league, you know, you, you get 15, 10, 15 PPR points out of Salvan Ahmed every week for at least two weeks, you know, you're going to be in a good spot. He's not going to bust you because he's got no competition now until Gaskin comes back. And that's going to be at least a couple of weeks um, because they're cutting the competition <laughs> You know, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Breeder got cut. It wouldn't surprise me if he got cut. And, you know, they traded for him um, and they paid Jordan Howard a lot of money. So, you know, it, it's testament to those guys and the culture that they're building that Gaskin and Ahmed are the guys getting the ball. Hey, you mentioned Josh Rosen before. They took a gamble on him as well. And yeah. Cut bait. So, uh, I mean, this is a franchise that is got their foot on the pedal right now. Um, you know, they seem to be making right choices and decisions. Uh, I, the biggest one was obviously getting rid of Gase. Um, but this is going in, in the right direction for, for Miami. And they're not afraid to admit they're wrong. I think that's where a lot of teams, mm. you know, bury themselves is just the pride of holding on too long to something like, well, we gave up X amount for said player and we're going to give them a couple more games, a couple more games. You know, those 30 games you mentioned with Kyle Trask, um, the, their window is short. Hey, 
perform or not. We don't care what the, what the name on the back is. We're worried about the name on the front of the jersey, and uh, it's nice to see. Absolutely. So, you know, you're a Jets fan. I've got to ask you this question. It's looking more and more likely every week that you're going to end up with the number one pick. Mm-hmm. If the Jets end yeah. up with the number one pick, is it going to be Trevor Lawrence? Do you think Trevor Lawrence, and do you think that the franchise give up on Darnold? Or do you think that they try and trade out? Or do you think they get another position? I mean, I'm keen to get your thoughts because I see the consensus going more and more towards Lawrence, but I'm keen for your thoughts. I mean, there's so much that can happen mm. between now and next year. You know, we heading into 2019, Tua was the unquestioned oh, yeah. number one quarterback. And then Joe Burrow just put up this magical year and still looks pretty good you know um, prior to that uh you know go back to 2018 uh justin herbert was the consensus gonna be the number one qb in that class and uh he fell to number three and now he looks like hey maybe you know some teams missed so so much can happen but there really hasn't been as much of a can't miss prospect as trevor lawrence in Mm -hmm. quite some time um i mean the accolades to match the, you know, the, the on-field production, the swagger, the national championships, um, the, the the long hair, the look. Uh, I mean, this is just a, a big stud and, and mm-hmm. you know, gets it done in every level. So there's, there's no surprises or gimmicks with this. This is, like like I said, probably the biggest can't-miss prospect in, in quite some time in recent memory. I would say um, since, since Andrew Luck. Yes, and, and that, that's kind of been the, the, the comparison most of John. And, yeah, absolutely. So what's not to like about that, especially for a franchise struggling? I wanted them to float Darnold, you know, every opportunity they can. Just send every, you know, I said after Andy Dalton went down, if if I'm Joe Douglas, I'm on the phone with Jerry saying, you know, what are you, you going to offer me for Darnold? You know, how about a first? No. How about a second? No. How about a third? Give me what you can give me and, and just get something out of it. I feel like that window is sailing. So I don't know what they're going to do, uh, but I feel kind of bad because I do like Sam Darnold. Uh, I think he's run into some bad luck from the mono to last year to some of the, you know, injuries plaguing him this year. But, um, you know, like you said, the window and the, and the chance to prove yourself is so limited now that he's kind of shown he can be a good backup but is he really going to lead your franchise so uh, i'm happy uh, that we're in this position to to get trevor lawrence and uh i'm used to this team somehow we're going to screw this up and we're going to be in a tie or the worst record Uh, listen this is just the way this (laughs) team goes that will wind up with like the number two overall pick you want this year you want number one Adam Gaze has perfected the art of 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 tanking. Like he's he did he did pretty well in in Miami. He's he's mastered it now. Like he, I don't think there's anything to worry about. You got a two game lead in the sweepstakes. I I think, you, I, I think you win one, but I don't think you win more than that. But we'll see. Um, which segues nicely to. Um, some midterm awards. So we've done the major honors that you'd get in the NFL, just based off what we've seen this year. And then we've done some fantasy ones uh, as well for position and, and uh, uh, yeah, MVP. So we'll do, we'll do the proper ones first. So we'll do the, the awards that if the season ended today, 
Um, who would you crown, Andy, as your MVP for this year, based on what we've seen in the first half of the season, first half and a bit? Uh, for uh, so just non-fantasy, I, I would probably non-fantasy have to say Kyler in, in real life. Yeah, I would probably have to say Kyler Murray. Um, you know, the wins are starting to be there. He just, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is credited for the catch, and it was a terrific catch and amazing. But you don't have an opportunity for that catch without Kyler Murray being what he is and as special as he is. And you could just see he, he's just he's he's at a different gear. He's at a different level. You know, people have been talking about like he's he's too quick for the NFL, which is the fastest speed of football in the world. So um, I, I just think he's just such a unique and special talent. Uh, I know you have Mahomes here, and mm-hmm. I can't knock I can't knock that. Um, but uh, I, I just think you'd still have, even with the lesser quarterback than Mahomes, you'd still have a playoff team with this yeah. Chiefs roster. Without Kyler Murray, I, I don't, you know, I don't know what's happening with with the Cardinals. Yeah, I I, I, I can totally buy into that argument. I I put three names down here when I was when I was drawing this up, and the first one was was Kyler, the second one was Tom Brady, and the third was Mahomes. The only reason I've gone with Mahomes is because I just think the narrative is there. Um, big extension, really popular guy. And the thing with Kyler, it, the popularity is growing. But Mahomes is doing it with the personality and the swagger, whereas I think Kyler is just doing it. Um, and I think he's got a bit of a way to go to be this personality and superstar. And I just think for the award, there's always a narrative. I, I talk about narrative to awards, and that's just how I see it going. You know, and I think you can paint, you painted a really good one there for Kyler Murray. Are Arizona a playoff team without Kyler? No, I definitely not. So, you know, that that's one half narrative. I would say exactly the same about Tom Brady. Um, and that's why I put his name down. A Tom, uh, other Buccaneers, uh, a seven and three team, their best record since 2002 without Tom Brady. No, they've got lots of good pieces, but it's that leadership that he brings. But I just think with Mahomes, I don't even think we've seen vintage Mahomes. I don't even think we've seen the best Mahomes there is, but he's still racked up eight wins. And I still think that they, they, in that, that narrative of the big extension coming off the Super Bowl, we all know how difficult it is to win the Super Bowl and then go back to the playoffs. He's making it look easy. So that would be my kind of thinking of, and I just, I just think people will vote for him more. I think that's ultimately it. It's a popularity contest with a narrative, and I just think people will vote Mahomes over over Murray because, for me, he's the face of the NFL now for the next few years. Yeah. But I, I, I personally, if I was going on pure impact on their team, I, I would agree with you. I would say that Kyler Murray is probably the most important player to their franchise right now, because yeah, you'll say they're six and three. I think they flip that. I think without Murray, they're three and six because the yeah. defense isn't that good. The run game's okay. It's not bad. The rest of the receiving core is fine. There's some names in there and there's a lot of them, but there's no real stud. There's no real, you know, except for Hopkins, there's no real guy. There's no alpha on that team. And I don't think, no, I don't think Hopkins has swung them that far. I think Murray's contribution has swung them more. And, and listen, I, I think there's an added element to just seeing somebody his size playing that position and doing some of the stuff he does. And it just motivates, you know, others around him to, to make plays and to be better. So, you know, Mahomes looks like a quarterback. 
Kyler Murray does not look like the quarterback. Nice. So when he's back on the center, it, it, it's an added, like you're rooting for the little guy. You're rooting for the underdog. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. All right, offensive player of the year. So we, again, have gone separate. I, I went with Russell Wilson purely because without him, Seattle were, uh, I, I think Seattle were a two-win team. I think, uh, and the reason I can't put him in the MVP conversation is because they should be winning their division. And with the lead that they had, they should be, they should be fully ahead of their division. They should have, you know, be one step into wrapping this up. They were a one seed earlier on in the season. Now they're the seventh seed and they're pretty much just on the verge of even making the playoffs. And, but their, their, their defense is historically bad. Like it's as bad as an NFL defense with the exception of maybe Dallas that I've seen in probably about three or four years. It's just, they're just, they're not really being coached. They're just, they've got names on there that are going out there and making plays, but they're not giving them the opportunity to make those plays. So I think Russell Wilson has just been, he's just been phenomenal all season. Uh, he's barely put a foot wrong. Okay. A couple of interceptions, but he's not really put a foot wrong for me. And that's why I'd give him offensive player of the year. Yeah. I can't argue that. Um, he's, he's a dynamic player and he, he, makes his receivers he, he he accentuates their 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 good their strengths yeah so you, you like to see that uh, he's not making dk Metcalf be something he's uncomfortable with or, or lock it he, he he gives them opportunity to thrive in the roles they're most comfortable with so i i, I like that as well um i personally went with dalvin cook um just because well you know the argument against cook here is when he's out of the game, Alexander Madison looks just like him. So, you know, is Alexander Madison really that good or is the system <laughs> that Minnesota's built? But I, I think it's easy to forget when we go back a couple of years, you know, he was coming out of Florida State, like considered a phenomenal mm-hmm. town. And then it just kind of, I don't know, it just feel, it feels like that feeling just kind of dissipated a little. Every week, just how good he really is. So if there were one player that – I would want to build an offense around right now. I would say Cook would definitely be on the short list. Yeah, I, again, I, I, I am probably the biggest Dalvin Cook doubter out there, and it's not to do with his talent. It's just the fact that I, I was never convinced he could, he could play sixteen games. And what he's done over the last season and a half, and what his body has gone through. Now, listen, he is one injury away from being out for however many months. But despite me saying this for the last 18 months, you know, he's missed, he's missed two games in 18 months, uh, th- maybe three games in 18 months. And he, his body is hell is holding up um, credit to the staff for keeping him fit. But you, you just saw it back to back 240 yard plus scrimmage games. Um, all right. Wasn't so hot Monday night football. Didn't need to be, but yeah, I just think you're right. I think he's so dynamic. He's probably the best pure power runner in the NFL for what he does. Yeah, and not only does he get the yardage, but he finds the end zone, um, which you know doesn't seem to translate across the board. You know, Kamara finds the end zone, but not as many yards. Um, you know, he, of course, he adds the receiving skills, but you know, Cook isn't a slouch there either. Um, so I, I just think the, the total combination, the total package. Um, you know, he's in the class of guys like Kamara, like, you know, CMC, like Saquon Barkley. But again, these guys, you got to stay on the field. And uh, he's stayed on the field enough. 
absolutely to, to remain relevant. Yeah, you miss a game here and there. That that's always going to be fine. Um, it's are you going to play enough games to make a difference? And and he he definitely is. Right, defensive player. Game, you have to game plan for him. Is yeah, what it comes down to absolutely. And speaking of game plan, we've picked two guys for defensive player of the year, where you massively have to game plan. You you've gone with someone from the Bears. Yeah, and not you know not the guy you think. I mean, I guess now you would think that, but Rokon Smith has just been what they've asked him to be, what they drafted him to be. This was a, a high, you know, number eight overall pick. Uh, I, you know, I liked him coming out of Georgia. I, I like the linebacker position. I'm, I'm partial to middle linebackers. And, uh, you know, he's just become that that guy uh, holding down the middle for for Chicago. So, um, you know, if you're just going based on the stats and looking at the numbers, I mean, I, this is a guy you, you, you anchor – and, and build around, uh, let him be the core of your defense and build around it. And he's doing it and getting it done. Yeah. There, there's so many good. I I think this is a really good time in the generation of football of just really good Mike linebackers, um, Devin White, Devin Bush. There's quite a few out there that I just think are exceptional. Roquan probably leads them all. So I, I can't argue that too much. Um, I went with a very familiar and traditional name, not for any other reason, but I think what he continues to do week to week with all eyes and pressure on him is is phenomenal. It's as Aaron Donald because he's double teamed pretty much every play. Um, is known across the league as the best defensive player. And normally, when you get a guy like that, they can scheme these guys out. Um, best example of this is if you look at Shaq Barrett uh, at the Buccaneers. Shaq Barrett at the Buccaneers, sat remaining sort of reigning sack leader. Uh, 19 and a half sacks last year. You put him in the team this year. He's not getting as close to the quarterback. Why? Because they, they've seen enough tape. They scheme him um, to where they can they can cover him. Now, it does open up guys like JPP and other guys to get home. Um, and that's where the Bucks have been highly efficient this year. So he's kind of being selfish but um, or selfless in, in taking the, the teams. But Aaron Donald, you know when you come on the field against the Rams, you've you got to stop Aaron Donald. And teams can't do it. They just can't do it. He can still get home so often. And that just baffles me that we're in a league with the best coaches and the best players in the world, and you still can't stop this guy. <laughs> that That's my only reason is, is he just continues to set the standard and set the bar every single week, and and no one has really figured him out. And I don't know if everyone ever will. Um, I, you think at some point someone would stop him, but um, yeah, I think both of them are, are very trusty candidates for this. Now, this is one we did agree on, Rookie of the Year. We've both gone Justin Herbert. Um, I think it's just we've talked about him already. There's just no surprises there that he's not only being the best quarterback, just the way that he's confounded everybody's expectations. And he's just taken to the NFL. I remember his first start, he had no notice. He came in 15 minutes before um, they were due to go out there. And he's just like, bring it on. Fine. I'll, I'll do this. And he... And he and, it saddens me that he plays in an environment every single week where he is outstanding and yet the team lose. Yeah. Well, you know, they've had some tough, tough breaks though. He could easily have two more victories on his ledger right now. Right. Uh, he, he could have a, he could have a lot more than that. There's a stat that somebody shared with me uh, earlier in the week. I think it might've been yesterday. I'm just pulling it up. And this is just absolutely nuts that there's only three teams in the NFL this season that have not lost by more than one score. One's the Steelers, obviously they're nine and oh, one's the eight and one chiefs and the other is the two and seven Chargers. Well, I, I mean, think, think of it in, in these terms as well, though. Uh, what, 
what franchise should be more excited about their potential when you consider Eckler's been out and that was supposed to be your lead running back? Uh, Derwin James is a stud safety and he can't stay on the field. You got Bosa, who's who's always battling stuff. Uh, their linebacker core hasn't gelled the way it can and should. Uh, when you think like this team in in you know the span of you know snapping your fingers could turn around and be leading or, or challenging the Chiefs for divisional supremacy, and it would not surprise at all. They have the they have the building blocks you want. So to know that we have our franchise quarterback, like this, this is insane. Um, you know, he's he's every bit the part. And uh, every, you know, I remember when people were down on him uh, in the off season, you know, before the draft, and you know, starting to favor Burrow and Tua, and just you know, kind of look down on Herbert. I'm saying this is a Sunday player. You know, he showed up at Senior Bowl, just looked head and shoulders above the competition there at his position just look, no, I'm a pro you guys are trying to prove that you have a shot at being a pro mm. I'm already a pro like this is yeah. you know this is easy um it, it just looks different so uh to know you have that I mean this guy's on pace for for what 30 38 touchdowns and you know 12 interceptions yeah phenomenal as a as a rookie to to be putting up those numbers and yeah, he's just been class. I, I went with him as offensive rookie of the year. You've gone with undrafted running back James Robinson and very easy to to see why. I think he has been exceptional this year. And yeah, I, I could easily get on board with that because this was a guy that we nobody expected to get the job. Uh, he's come in, he's owned it. He's the running back four in fantasy, but just every week he's been the shining light on what's been a pretty dismal season for the Jags. Well, we were supposed to have... Uh... Bob Long with us was Mr. Consistency, and that's what James Robinson's been. Uh, I, I think I don't. It was it was kind of a, a blessing, you know. I again, I had a tough time turning the corner and getting into the season, but James Robinson really either suffered from not having a preseason in the NFL, or really benefited from not having uh, the preseason, depending on what side of the fence you're on. Because this guy would have been a household name in most drafts. Had there been a preseason, he was a surprise to the majority, but not those, you know, that were paying attention to him. So it was like free money um, for a lot of people. And if there was an NFL preseason this year, this guy would not have been a surprise to anybody. He, mm. he would have been a top pick. Um, you know, that's why I say like the lack of a preseason kind of hurt his household mm. uh, name recognition, uh, but he's starting to carve it out. Yeah, no, I, I I couldn't agree more. I think that's that's more than fair. Um, I, I'm a big fan of his and think he has done an exceptional job. And uh, we'll talk about him a little bit later on in some of the, the fantasy awards. I'm just going to blitz through the next couple of awards um, with conscious of time. Um, so defensive rookie of the year, I went Patrick Queen. Uh, you've gone Jeremy Chin, and again, I think both picks absolutely make sense. I'm more shocked than neither of us went with <laughs> names just totally escaped. Chase Young. Um, who I think probably will win it, but I just have a problem giving uh, giving it to to him, given just how bad <laughs> Washington have been this year. But uh, I can see that. But I think you can make an I, argument for all those guys. I love Patrick Queen, by the way, and he would have he was my first choice, but I saw you went with him, so yeah, I just want to shake it up a little. Yeah, no, and I think Jamie Chin's been fantastic. He's been the player that that the uh, the Panthers have been missing for quite some time. 
Coach of the year, I went very obvious and went Mike Tomlin because they're unbeaten, but I actually respect your choice a lot more of Brian Flores because I think if you had said to me that at, at week 10, Miami would be 6-3, and three, I'd have just shaken my head and gone, what, what are you smoking? <laughs> I actually felt like this was a possibility for them. Um, I didn't think they'd get to it the way they've gotten to it. When we talked about their running back situation before, when we talk about the fact that, you know, their receivers have been a little banged up, um, you know, you switch quarterbacks. Uh, just the way they've gotten to where they've gotten has surprised me more than the actual record. I wouldn't have been surprised at the six and three because they were extremely competitive last year. And it just seemed like they knew, like, we're going to give you we're going to give you 80 percent of what we got. And we know internally we can kick it up a notch when we're ready to go. And that's when we're going to unveil it next year. That's just how it felt. Um, it didn't seem like they were playing over their heads. It felt like last year they were kind of taking their foot off the gas a little, um, but not for lack of effort. More like we don't want to play our hand yet. Uh, I, I love the direction Flores has them going. You know, it's a Belichick disciple, you know, went, uh, you know, it's a Brooklyn guy from, from near me. So I'm partial to him for that alone. Um, and it's hard being supportive of anybody other than the Jets in this division. Uh, but if it's one guy, I would have to, mm. you know, pay favor to it's, it's Flores. I, I couldn't agree more. I think he's done a phenomenal job and he's been an absolute credit to that organization. And they're no longer a joke and a laughing stock. They've really come together. And I think they are, if they don't make the playoffs this year, uh, I'd put money on them to be, be in the playoffs next year for sure. Come back player of the year. I went with Ben Roethlisberger. You've gone with Damian Harris. Um, I mean, the, I think, to be honest, the, the real person will be Alex Smith. I think he's the one that will win it, given what he's come back from. I, You know, I, th- I think both these players have contributed in so many ways. Ben Roethlisberger is leading a 9-0 team, and Damian Harris has provided a run game to a team that didn't have any. So, um, And he definitely looks so much better than um, Sony Michelle. So I hope that Damian Harris is going to continue that workload. Right, let's get on to some fantasy stuff. We've talked about some of these players already. So, fantasy MVP, I've gone with Dalvin Cook, and you've gone with Alvin Kamara. Which is which is odd because I, I went with Dalvin Cook as the real life MVP. Um, yeah. so, so it could go either way here. Yeah, I, they're both pretty similar. Cook has just got a slight lead over the over Kamara, but I think either of these guys really. I think if you've got either one, and I think we said this earlier in the in the podcast, that if you've got either one, you're probably in pretty good step. To, to make the playoffs in, in your team. Uh, fantasy quarterback of the year, Kyler Murray. Um, absolutely no shocks here. He's 20, 22, 25 points clear. Uh, wouldn't shock me if he finished just the QB1 overall, um, which, again, given his meteoric rise, I think is is phenomenal. And I think it's something that he could be in that top five conversation for. I, I don't want to go like too far and say like 10 years, but I think the next three to four for sure, as long as he stays healthy and doesn't get hit out of the game which is the only worry I have behind the Arizona line is if he gets an injury but he's got the escapology down at the moment. <laughs> Fantasy running back of the year we've gone again very similar to Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara and I don't think honourable uh, mention to to James Robinson in this category as well because he's also been phenomenal and if you've managed to pair him with one of Cook or Kamara then you're really laughing. Fantasy wide receiver of the year you've gone Stefan Diggs and I've gone the DK Metcalf. So, uh, thought, thoughts on this one, Andy? Yeah, it's hard to argue against Metcalf, especially you know the consistency he's he's shown. But um, I I feel like Diggs was a proven uh, wide receiver 
won borderline one two uh, in years past, and I thought it was a great opportunity for him going to be featured in, in Buffalo, especially paired with Josh Allen. It was a commitment to the team to show like we're going to continue to upgrade your weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't believe I got him in one league uh, as my wide receiver three. Um, I, I think it was actually in uh, um, the fishbowl, uh, but it just shows like how 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 the, the, the hate for Josh Allen was so real I know, unbelievable. Um, that, that people were just like, oh, yeah, well, he's going to kill Stephon Diggs' value. And he's gone out and he's basically leading the league uh, in receiving and um, has been every bit the stud that he was brought in to be. So uh, I think it's hard to to not give him the nod for that. No, I agree. And, I, I, and the reason I've gone to DK Metcalf is um, I don't think anyone – really expected the kind of volume that he's produced and that the jets that he's got i mean people saw his playoff uh run and thought okay let's see if he can do it over 16 games and over 10 games he he definitely has kept up that pace so but i think as we said earlier i think there's about 10 guys you give this award to i think it's so close between those top 10 i don't think it uh, it it you know you can make a case for so many one position you can't make a case for anyone else is is fantasy tight end of the year and I've been saying for years that I think the tight end position has to get to a point where it should be flexed out because it's almost redundant because Travis Kelsey is the tight end one by quite a long way. All right. Kettle's got injured. Mark Andrews hasn't been as effective as he normally is. Ertz, all right, he's injured, but he was a bust before that. Uh, the tight end position is just, it's just a mess. Um, You know, Gronk was the tight end one this week. He caught two passes for 50 odd yards and a touchdown. He's the tight end one in half point scoring. Like it's just at the point now where it's not even worth having tight ends because I mean, Uh, he's, he's, I mean, Travis Kelsey is nearly 50 points ahead of Jonu Smith. Right. And you look at Jonu Smith, you know, like this, this guy's having a pretty good season, but it's just not even close. I had Kittle in a bunch of leagues. You know, I rolled the dice between Kittle and Kelsey. And it really just comes down to hold your breath and hope, and hope for no injuries. Yeah. And sure enough, you know, Kittle gets injured. And then it's kind of like, all right, season over. <laughs> because you feel like you had that much of an advantage there. And it's not so much that, I mean, when you look at the rest of the position, that you, you can kind of recover from a loss like Kittle yeah. because there's nothing really jumping out there. But when you factor in that, I mean, I guess it's the same for, you know, the, the Saquon Barkley, you know, owner who, who lost that first round pick. But um, it, it's like you said, it's just, it's such a, a barren wasteland of a position that uh, it's it, flexing it out makes sense. Yeah, I I think it's got to be the way forward unless you do something creative with it. Uh, last couple, um, I'm I'm going to skip DST and and kicker because you know really the kicker there shouldn't be one because everyone's about two points away from each other. So fantasy waiver wire pickup of the year, we've gone same position. I've gone James Robinson. You've gone Mars Gaskin. I think yeah, you could argue on either or. They've both been terrific this year fantasy bust of the year i went with lamar jackson for the reason i said earlier you've taken him in the second round he's qb9 you've wasted your pick you've gone with cam Akers because well he hasn't done anything so um no surprise there he, he definitely has been a big bust and then fantasy surprise of the year i've i picked two because couldn't split him one was james robinson because didn't expect him to to put up the numbers but as you said if, if you knew his profile very well you probably not overly shocked and that was ronald jones because i just did not think with leonard fournette and shady mccoy coming in he would even have half a sniff and you know he's currently sitting at, at running back eight running back nine for the season which 
I would never have expected. So they're my two. And you've gone with Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I went with Kareem Hunt. And, and you know, I know Chubb missed some time or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, Kareem Hunt is sixth in the league in rushing. Uh, and and a, and a lot of that came with Chubb also on the team. So um, for him to have emerged that dramatically, uh, I thought was pretty surprising. And on top of it, like, this was a guy people were clamoring for to keep out of the league uh, a mere two years ago, and, and which is why he, you know, found his way. I mean, put him back in Kansas City, and can you imagine how much better they may or may not be? Uh, so, yeah, I, I was just surprised by the fact that Kareem Hunt is being so successful when you consider he's sharing a backfield with Nick Chubb. I think he's better with Chubb. I think he plays better. I think when he's the sole back, I think he 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 just doesn't seem as effective. And we, as you say, the numbers are, are backing that one up. So yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. This has been great fun. This has been too long since you've been on. We'll have to get you on again uh, in the off season, Andy. Um, but before you go, tell everyone where they can find you um, and get some great advice, but also just uh, chat some ball with you or any sport, even if it's NBA or anything with you. Yeah, the easiest place is just to look me up on Twitter. Uh, my handle is People's Pen, People's with the Z. Uh, or you could just look for Andy Singleton. I should pop up. Uh, I, you know, it's been a crazy year, um, both from a uh, um, social social and mm. political landscape uh so I, I i promise i will you know stick to 90 percent sports on my timeline uh but i'm happy to talk about anything and uh you know to ask away I, I i answer everybody which is why i get myself in trouble because um you know a lot of comments that are made i i respond to both good and bad and people think I should just leave a lot of stuff alone. But the whole point of Twitter is to interact with people. So, uh, you know, I, I take advantage of that. And uh, I, I think know. the thing that is you just you just give your opinion and some people just can't accept what your opinion is, which is a shame because you, you're only right. just you're only just offering your opinion. You know, you're perfectly entitled to do so, which is why I've joined a couple of times when people have uh, have said things about you. And I've just said, <laughs> want to do the guy's just offering his opinion you asked for it like (laughs) you can't you can't hate the guy for for making an opinion that you have asked for like right i've well listen i've never been and i'm sure you guys have a term for it uh, you know in england but i've never been an ass kisser um i've just been honest and you know i don't knock anybody for their opinion but it's crazy that you know people are ready to demonize you uh for not agreeing with theirs or having your own so or anything that differs from there. So it's, it's kind of comical, but you know, I don't lose sleep over it. Um, so I, I think the people, the majority of people appreciate the uh, sincerity and honesty. And it's always refreshing to hear uh, guys like you remind me of that. So thank you for that. No, it's true. And I, like I said, be a big fan of yours for, for a few years now and uh, go out there, go buy a subscription to expand the box score, but go interact with Andy. He's just a, a knowledgeable guy who just knows a lot of sports and, uh, it gives you some good options for betting as well. But uh, he's just a good guy to know in the community. And uh, yeah, just don't listen to the haters. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. But uh, thanks for coming on as always. Uh, really appreciate it. We'll get you on soon with stocks. But until later on in the week, we'll be back with some matchups. We'll be back with some more articles and bits and pieces. Rush Nation, stay safe. Wash those hands. And don't forget, keep rushing.
HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.